2: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45%, up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Jed is, you know, someone who's extremely progressive, um, forward-thinking, um, honest with himself about the organization. Um, and he's, he's always been at the forefront of uh, our attempts to, to change and to modernize. So I'm confident that uh, even though he's been here, uh, the Cubs are getting the benefit of fresh eyes, so to speak, and that he'll be a force for continued progress and change within the organization.
3: Hmm. We knew this was going to soon that Jed Hoyer was going to be taking over for Theo Epstein one day, but we expected it to be in another year. Finish out those 10 years. But Bill Walsh always said, got to make change after 10 years when it comes to leadership. Theo talked about it when he arrived, and I believe he talked about it today. Just didn't know it was going to happen right now. But it makes a lot of sense. Maybe you're not as comfortable as you were yesterday as a Cubs fan. Theo Epstein's not going to be here to lead you out of this mess. They've spent some bad money. They've made some mistakes over the past, well, it's several years. It's the best move for both parties. For Theo prepare for the next stage in his life, whatever he's going to do. And, you know, there are multiple teams calling him and his agent right now. Or will it be in the political scene? I have no idea. It sounds like he's going to just step away from baseball for a year. Or what about New York, running baseball? Rob Manfred could use some help. Could use some help with a lot of the simple stuff which Theo would help him on, could help him on. But I don't know if he has any desire to do that. If he wants to continue to be involved in the game. And apparently in a letter, he did talk about the third stage, the third team. And maybe he'll do 10 more years nine or ten more years with another organization and bring them a championship. Let's listen to Theo Epstein. I know a lot of you work in, it's busy during the day, homeschooling, all that stuff. So you you probably didn't get a chance to listen in long form. Let's listen to Theo Epstein's opening statement, then we'll get to Ricketts too and what he had to say. But uh, you can also react on the text line, 312-644-6767. Didn't expect to be doing this on the show tonight, but Theo Epstein, holding uh, his press conference, here's the opening statement for the last time with the Cubs organization.
0: Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, I thought I'd start just with some uh, background for the decision, and then I uh, have some people i I'd like to take the opportunity to thank. And then after Tom speaks, I'll be happy to answer all your questions. Um, First, regarding the decision, I think uh, many of you are aware um, that uh, I'd always planned to be with the Cubs uh, for for about 10 years. Um, Because of that, uh, Tom and I had been in communication for the last several years about uh, a possible transition and uh, trying to figure out a way to uh execute a transition that would be uh best for the cubs um, put put the organization in the best possible position uh and also be good for me and uh the the communication was uh something i really appreciate it was so well done um tom uh you know looking out for me and my interests and and i was uh, trying always to focus on on the best interests of the cubs and it was it couldn't have been more amicable and uh, I really appreciate the way that was handled. Um, so we'd been communicating and, and using October uh, 2021 really as a, as a placeholder for, for when we would uh, likely execute a transition. And then you know uh, this summer, um, it became apparent to me for a number of reasons that uh, we should strongly consider uh, moving up the date of the transition by a year. Uh, first of all, it became... Um, really clear that we'd be facing some significant long-term decisions this winter, uh, decisions with long-term impacts. And, you know, those types of decisions are really best made by somebody who's going to be here, uh, for uh, a long time, not just for one more year, and somebody who's invested in the organization for, for the long haul. Um, and you know Jed clearly is that person, and I'll get into to talking about Jed in a second. Uh, second, you know this summer it became clear the extent to which uh, COVID was going to stress um, our business and our people, um, and it's affected every every business in the sports world and and really across the country generally. Um, but due to those stresses, we w- we were going to be facing a challenge of of having to allocate. Uh, some temporarily reduced resources in, in a way that would allow us to move forward and be successful. And had I decided to come back in, in 2021, that would have made that challenge, um, even more difficult. Uh, last, you know, Jed is, is ready to, to take over. He really is. Um, he's been a huge part of all our success here. He's been a huge part of my success in my career. Um, Jed has done the job of being a number one uh, in baseball operations before. He had two successful years in that capacity with uh, with the San Diego Padres. He ensures great continuity. Um, all of the the terrific people in our in our front office and throughout the organization are going to stay in place because Jed is is taking over. And and um, you know even as Jed represents continuity and preserves our areas of strength, I think he is also realistic. About the areas where uh, we have to change and where we have to do better, and he's he's always been realistic about that and always open to changes. Um, for example, he was instrumental in uh, the restructuring and reimagining of our scouting and player development uh, departments a couple years ago. Uh, and and you know, in short. You know, Jed is his own man. You know, he, he has his, he's, he's been a loyal and outstanding right-hand man, but, but he has his own opinions, his own perspective, his own leadership style. Um, he really, truly does not need me uh, over his shoulder this next year um, while we finish off a transition that, in a lot of respects, has been years in the making. So uh, he's going to do an outstanding job. He deserves this opportunity, and, and the Cubs are lucky to have him. I am so incredibly grateful uh, for the last nine years. It, it's been really a life-changing experience for, for me and for my family. Uh, the best part, of course, uh, has been the, the relationships and the connections uh, with people that, uh, that, that I've been lucky enough to make along the way. And so because of that, I, I know I didn't just win an Oscar or anything, <laughs> never will, but I do have some people I'd, I'd like to thank. Um, starting with Tom. Tom. And, and the Ricketts family, um, thank you for the opportunity, for the loyalty, for the support. I was thinking about this earlier, but you truly have done everything that uh, you set out to do. Everything that you promised me, you li- lived up to. And everything that you promised the fans, too. If you look at uh, how your first 10 years uh, owning the, the club has gone. And as somebody who is very likely to become a season ticket holder of the Cubs <laughs> going forward, I'm, uh, I'm really really pleased that uh, you and your family are going to be uh, owning this franchise for generations to come. Uh, to my colleagues, thank you for all the hard work, the dedication, the loyalty, the friendship over the years. Um, nine years ago, we set a couple of goals. The first was to build a foundation for sustained success that would allow us to get into the playoffs on a regular basis. And the second was over time and together, To build a team that could win a world championship for the Cubs. And it has not been perfect. It's baseball. So by definition, it's never going to be perfect. But we've accomplished those goals together. And you should be extremely proud um, of everything that you've contributed to this organization and, and where it is today. And everything that you've helped build. A special thank you from that group to, to Jed, uh, to Jason McLeod, to Matt Dory, and to others who, who left great jobs in baseball uh, to follow me here. Uh, thank you for that special trust you placed in me, and I'm so glad uh, that things have gone so well for you here and uh, that you ultimately triumphed. Uh, your trust means the world to me. Thank you. Um, next to our players uh, and everyone in uniform, Rossi. Joe, all the coaches, uh, thank you for your leadership and and, and your hard work, both on the field and behind the scenes, Uh, and and for everything you guys have done to transform this franchise. You guys have been the ones in the arena, so to speak, um, putting in the blood, sweat, and tears. You all should be extremely proud of the legacy uh, that you're leaving or the legacy that you'll have here at the Cubs. Uh, To our fans, uh, thank you for the support. The deep connection, um, everything you bring to the table that makes the Cubs experience so special, so resonant. Uh, it really is different here, and that's thanks thanks to you guys. Um, been thinking, you know, obviously through a lot of memories over the last couple of days, and with respect to the fans, the one I want to keep coming back to is, you know, right as we started to turn the corner in the rebuild, I was walking home from a game, I always walk home from the games and walking away from Wrigley with this crowd of fans. We just had a really great game and. I could eavesdrop on the conversations and overhear what they're saying. And the fans were just so excited about our young players, so optimistic about the future. Um, Couldn't wait for, for, for what lay ahead. And it was such a special time, um, such an expectant time. And it felt like the lines between fans and front office members and players uh, were blurred because we were all, Part of this club that uh, was in on a secret. I think we all we all kind of knew what was about to happen, maybe before the rest of the baseball world did. And and then fast forward to, um, you know, seeing you guys celebrate the, the the World Series championship at the parade with generations of your family. Um, you know, seeing the the pennants and the hats draped over gravestones for those who didn't quite live to see it. Just incredibly. Moving and memorable, and uh, underscores to me how special you guys are, and 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 how much you mean to this Cubs experience. So thank you for everything, everything, everything in the franchise, and have and have meant to me over the years. Uh, most importantly, to my family, uh, my wife Marie and my boys Jack and Drew. Um, thank you for the love, support, the guidance, and the inspiration over the years, um, and also for the understanding and the sacrifices that you guys make uh, to allow me to work the hours and live the lifestyle um, that's necessary to succeed in this job. Uh, We still look forward to going to games at Wrigley all together uh, as a family, and uh, we'll be fans now. And as I've said to a few people over the last couple of days, when we do sit in the seats at Wrigley and, and look out and watch the Cubs play and sit amongst the fans here in Chicago, it will feel like home. And that's because of how, how special and meaningful the last nine years have been. So thanks for everything.
3: That's the nine minute and thirty second opening statement from Theo Epstein holding court with the media for the last time earlier today. I'm not trying to be over dramatic here, but you know, hearing the news, that was one thing. And then hearing him talk about it and say goodbye to everyone. And it made sense. long-term decisions coming up, and this didn't pop in. Like Theo has, talk, has thought about this for months and months and months. That's why the last time we heard him speak, it was pretty clear that at most he was going to be here one more year. He knew all along, OK, should I really be there if we're going to make all these decisions for the Future of the Cubs when I'm not part of the future of the Cubs? Love the image. Of Theo after games in the downtimes, walking home and eavesdropping on conversations going on between fans. Yeah, we may suck right now, but I love that Chris Bryant kid. Man, I was reading what they were saying in Baseball Prospectus about Javier Baez. They love him. He's so good at that. And then talk about like the fans and what they mean and the gravestones. And I, I was on the air that night when they won the World Series taking calls from people. Driving to cemeteries that had recorded the final out championship call by Pat Hughes on their phone. And they were going to play it for their father. Like, yeah, I'm sure he hears stories like that every single day. So a hell of an opening statement from Theo Epstein. We'll we'll get into a few of the other things that Theo had to say, but how about the owner that brought him in? I remember when Theo was obviously leaving Boston. They're going through their stuff, and people would call in. We would talk about it on the station. You know, maybe, maybe, what's a bigger challenge than the Red Sox? It's the Cubs winning a title with the Cubs. And people were getting laughed at. Again and again, it's the Cubs. What do you mean Tom Ricketts is going to get Theo Epstein? Let's be realistic. That ain't happening. Oh, it happened. Let's listen to Tom Ricketts, what he had to say with his opening statement to the media.
4: Well, a little over nine years ago, we went looking for a new person to lead our baseball department and um, we knew it would be a tall order. Not only uh, do we need someone who could bring in some good players and win some big games and, and maybe win a division, but we really needed someone who could change the, the culture and uh, change the direction the organization had been going for a long, long time. Uh, we were known as the lovable losers, and uh, everyone on the call or the Zoom here knows that we had a curse. So. We knew it would be a tough job, and we were very fortunate that Theo was available for us at the time. Uh, Theo came in nine years ago. He hit the ground running, uh, put together a brilliant staff, um, and uh, early on promised us sustained success. And to a Cubs fan, uh, that was a a foreign concept. But then um, after a few years of hard work and rebuilding the organization, he delivered sustained success. Not only did we have the, uh, the 2016 World Series, which of course was the most remarkable and memorable World Series of all time, uh, we had great playoff runs in years around that. And we sustained that success to go to the playoffs five to the last six years and, um, and be a con- considered a contender every year. Um, so after nine years of of great, of great work, Theo is leaving, um, but he's not leaving. Uh, An organization in the lurch. Uh, We've been talking about this for a while. The organization is in great shape, and we look forward to the ongoing success um, of of the Cubs. And um, I just want to, on behalf of myself, uh, the fans, um, the family, uh, want to thank him for uh, nine incredible years, for delivering on the promise of a World Series, for creating that sustained success. For destroying the uh, lovable loser moniker, and um, and really, I think the legacy that, that Theo leaves behind is an organization that expects to win, not an organization that is surprised to win. And um, you know, and on a on a on a personal level, uh, it's a sad day for me uh, uh, personally. Uh, Theo and I have become very good friends over the years. The um, you know the uh, we have an incredible professional relationship. But I considered him all these years to be a great partner and, uh, and, and truly a good friend. And it's, uh, it's been an incredible journey for me as an individual, as well as the journey for the uh, team on the field. But, but that said, um, while I'm uh, you know kind of losing a, uh, a, a great friend and, and a great partner, uh, I'm very, very excited about the, uh, the transition and the continuity that, that uh, we have in front of us. Um, all of you on this call know Jed. Uh, Jed has been with your organization since a couple of days after Theo came in. And uh, he's um, going to be an incredible leader for this organization, just as, just as Theo was. Um, most of you in the baseball world know that every single GM opening in baseball, I think Jed has had a chance at. Um, he's had lots of calls, lots of offers over the years, but he's always been loyal to the Cubs and stayed with us and um and helped us continue to win so um while we're losing one of the best uh leaders in all of baseball i feel like we're also uh gaining one of the best leaders in all of baseball you know it's like it's it's a bittersweet day i just know that um this is the right thing for the organization Uh, i appreciate the honesty and uh the uh, direct way that theo has uh worked with me on this and we've worked together on this um i have no doubt that uh organization is in the best place it could be and positioned for uh, future, ongoing, sustained success.
3: Tom Ricketts, earlier today, Joe Ostrowski with you, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, if you want to jump in, you can call or text 312 6767 312 6767 So you know Theo's out, you know Jed's in as the president. But what about the general manager? we you know, Tom Ricketts right there said that they've been talking about this a long time. I wonder how long. It always felt like this was the plan, but it's not something they ever really talked a whole lot about. And, of course, we knew Theo was going to be here nine or ten years, as he's gone on the record and said multiple times. But the reshuffling that happened in the front office last year with all their scouts, Did that have anything to do with this move for the next general manager? We'll talk about that a little bit on the other side and hear a little bit more of what Theo Epstein had to say. Joe Ostrowski with you. You've got 670 The Score in the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670TheScore.com. Chicago Sports Station.
0: Yeah, I kind of could sense that from afar, but getting to be immersed in it, you realize how different and how special it is. And then the ability to share that. Again, I, I talked earlier about the lines being blurred here between, uh, you know, those who work for the team, those who play for the team, those who love the team and, 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 and sit in the stands. And I really feel like this journey has been something we've uh, taken on together. That's, that's how it's felt.
3: Theo Epstein earlier today. This is Sports Radio 670. The Score. Joe Ostrowski with you. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, just a day or two after we find out in a reporter. I'm not saying this is the reason. This has obviously been the plan, and Theo's been thinking about this for many, many months. I, I said when it became evident when he uh, last spoke with the media that he would stay one year at most. I'm like, well, why isn't he leaving now? So we're gonna. Ma- they're gonna make all of these moves. All these moves for the future of the team change the course of the organization by moving some combination of Bias, Bryant, Schwarberg, Contreras, Rizzo, I don't know, and then maybe you can get a team to take on Kimball's contract. You pay off some of Hayward's. How about you, Darvish? Maybe even Hendricks? You're going to start to make these moves at this time, and then, oh, bye-bye, work here is done. I would think he'd want to win his last year. So is he really doing the right thing? I think they did the right thing now. Let's part ways right now. Let's, let's just do that. That makes the most sense for everyone involved. Another chunk of Theo Epstein talking about what the future holds. What he learned about Cubs fans. And was money in a factor? Them stepping down right now. The week before Thanksgiving of 2020. Instead of sticking around one more season. Here's more of Theo Epstein with the media this afternoon.
0: As far as your future goes,
3: would you, would you say that um, if teams came after you now, you would not consider
0: offers or will you listen having, knowing that you've already said to some of your friends that, you probably need to take some time off. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Bruce. I appreciate that. And and let me take this opportunity just to thank all of you in the media for uh, the working relationship of the last nine years, uh, the professionalism as well as the trust. Um, I really have enjoyed uh, the back and forth and, and, um, Reading, reading your coverage of, of this journey over the years. Thank you for adding to the experience and and uh, especially uh, doing so uh, for the fans who I know um, appreciate everything that you guys do. So thanks and look forward to staying in touch with you guys. Um, as, as far as my future plans and other teams, I mean, I I kind of come from the school of never ruling anything out, but having some firm ideas in my mind of what I think is best for me and, and best for my family. Um I, I do hope and expect to have a third chapter in baseball, uh, but in no shape or form, uh, do I expect to do it right away? Um, I, I envision, you know, taking some time, uh, to pursue other pursuits, uh, to spend with my family and to do some things that have just been impossible when you're going to a ballpark every single day, uh, every summer for the last, uh, 29 years. So, uh, you know, I, I do hope to stay engaged in the game. I, I, this game is my passion. I, I, I care deeply about it. And, and so I'm going to seek out ways to serve the game in the, in the near future. And I've already, you know, started to pursue a few possible avenues to, to do that. But I mean, I expect my phone will probably be ringing and I'm, I always answer and, and look forward to you know, hearing what people have to say since I'm open-minded about my future, but those, those are my plans. I don't expect to jump right back in with another team now. And I'm really looking forward to the freedom to explore lots of different things.
4: What is the one thing when you look at not, not the, not the wins, not, not the world series, but what is something intangible that you didn't know you would enjoy so much being in charge of the Cubs?
0: The thing that stands out to me uh, that's special about the Cubs is the, the depth of the connection with the fans and how intimate that connection is and and how easily shared it is. Um, The Cubs are an important part of what connects families um, in this city and groups of friends. And it's part of the rhythm of the spring, summer, and fall. And it's an important part the Cubs experience is such an important part of the the texture of the city as well. And, you know, I kind of could sense that from afar, but getting to be immersed in it, you realize how different and how special it is. And then the ability to share that again, I, I talked earlier about the lines being blurred here between, you know, those who work for the team, those who play for the team, those who love the team and, 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 and sit in the stands and, I really feel like this journey has been something we've taken on together. That's, that's how it's felt. You know, Boston, maybe my perspective in Boston was different because I grew up a Red Sox fan, so I already felt that way, and it was already part of who I was. But getting, getting dropped into this situation nine years ago, feeling like a stranger, not being, you know, the Chicago, the Cubs, Cubs fans all being foreign to me. And now I look nine years later, and I feel like it's in my blood too, and i don't think that would have been possible elsewhere it's the the closeness of the connection with with the fans as you go through the cubs experience that stands out the most to me along with you know behind the scenes the closeness of our of our organization and the relationships it's been you know the 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 hardest part is moving on from from you know the immediate proximity to a lot of people I work with because the relationships are so special and they'll last a lifetime. But when you cherish certain relationships and you and you cherish certain experiences, moving on from those can be can be really difficult. But uh, it just means it's been incredibly meaningful.
1: I had a uh, re- uh, related questions for both Tom and Theo. Um, Tom, um, without getting, I know you, we can't really get into specifics on this, but could you give us a sense of of whether all or or a portion of that final year on Theo's contract is being recouped and how that might be redirected within the organization, especially, you know, in the wake of of, of these layoffs and, and some um, payroll cutting that that we uh, uh already have pretty good ideas coming. And then and then Theo, was that part of uh the the thinking toward what the Cubs could get out of this um kind of kind of recouping a little bit of that and, and kind of helping uh through these times
0: yeah i can take a first crack at that i mean i'm 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 not going to be here in 2021 so i won't be paid in 2021 which is which is appropriate uh and and the right thing um and and uh you know look that was a small part of the equation i think as you know the world changed this summer for everybody and um as we sat and 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 sort of sorted through what that meant for our short-term challenges um, because the Cubs, in the long run, are in great shape uh, with, with tremendous resources and and you know a thriving baseball operation, as Tom said we 're going to be competitive every year. but of course, with the world changing it 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 creates some short term challenges and you know a small part of the equation as I looked at it um, is that you know the some of the math is a little bit easier is a little bit better position for the cubs with me not being here, but you know the primary driver is just look we 're at a period of we 're in a period of transition. There are a lot of important decisions to be made that, that will have long-term consequences. Jed is ready, willing, and able to make those decisions along with our, our talented front office. And that made the timing right. So it was part of it, but not a primary driver.
4: You know, and... Uh, and,
1: and, from, and
4: Tom, Yeah, from my standpoint, I would just say the money had nothing to do with it.
1: But but will, will it help you reallocate and, and, and uh, help some of that process along?
4: I mean, ultimately... Uh, those resources stay in the organization. So in in that respect, yes, but it really had nothing to do with uh, what you're seeing today.
0: And just just to be clear, since you asked the question, Tom has never brought up money one time, um, nor has he ever asked me to step down or anything close to that. It has not been uh, a primary part of the conversation at all.
3: The best of Theo Epstein and Tom Ricketts earlier today. This is Joe Strowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. I've said it multiple times. It was, okay, I see the news come out. That makes sense. Wasn't expecting it today. The timing, a bit of a shock. Not floored by the news. But then Theo Epstein talking for, what, an hour with Tom Ricketts saying goodbye to Cubs fans. Here we go with the Jed Hoyer era. Uh, people are already texting in 312-644-6767, and I knew they would. What about Rick Hahn? They didn't even give you a minute to call this radio station and talk about that. What about Han? Come from the south side to the north side if you don't like it over there. Hey, you beat Theo in that trade, that big deal for Quintana. Uh-uh. No, it's Jed. That's always been the plan, and it's going to be Jed now. I don't know what the plan is for the general manager, but of course, they know all that. This is Theo's day and also Jed's day, and that decision will come at another time. Fascinated to see what they end up doing. Joe Ostrowski with you, 670, the score. Want to get back to some bear stuff. There's one player flying under the radar that needs some attention. That hasn't done a damn thing this year. But with the disaster that is, the Chicago Bears right now, starting at the top, all the way through the general manager and the head coach to the quarterback position, and you can go to the last man on the roster. You can go to Tyler Bray. Got some got some tick last night. It wasn't good. But there's one player out there that you were expecting much more from, and you are getting nothing from him. And he impacts this roster moving forward. We'll talk about that next. Joe Osho, show 670, the score, in the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670, the score. And 670, the score.com. Chicago, Chicago Sports Station. Station. Joe O,
1: night 6 to 10.
3: All right, I'm getting some tweets at Joe O, 670, and some guesses about the player I'm going to talk about. We spent a lot of time talking about ownership, management. Coaches, the new ones, the old ones, the current head coach. Guys at the bottom of the roster. All of the quarterbacks. But what about the big move in the offseason? Not the Foles one. What about the one that got the most amount of money? A five-year contract for $70 million. $30 million guaranteed. And we're not talking that much about it. Why? Why? Because you don't notice him on the field. And he's on the defense, the stronger unit. Much stronger. The, I don't know, top seven defense, whatever you want to call them. And he's done nothing. I didn't love the the signing by for Robert Quinn. I didn't love it. But I also didn't hate it. Because I felt, well, at least for right now, not the long-term, not for the five years, but it's an NFL contract, that for a year or two, he's going to be an upgrade over Leonard Floyd because he has to be right, incorrect. Floyd has two fumble recoveries, seven sacks with the Rams, and there's still a lot of season to go. But as you know, as you've seen with Leonard Floyd, he could just stop right there and be done for the rest of the year. You could play the games and just do absolutely nothing, because we witnessed that. But you know who's filling the Floyd role just perfectly? Robert Quinn, the guy getting paid all that money because he's not doing anything. He's played in nine games. Why did he miss the first game? He's played in nine games. And twice already, including last night, he did not pop up on the stat sheet. Not even an assist on a tackle. You're going to have your, sw- your misses, and you're going to have your hits in free agency. That's all part of it. I take that into account. I just don't want to sit here and pick on the guys that are just the misses. Because Pace has had some hits in free agency. It was obvious. It's what they had to do. But he landed Allen Robinson. Good job. Are you going to let him walk at the end of the year? I have no idea. Akeem Hicks, that was a big hit. But, man, are there some misses. And the misses are hurting. He just keeps missing on tight ends and quarterbacks. And now this Quinn thing. And when you look at it, was the process right? Did it make sense? You know Matt Nagy wasn't pushing for Robert Quinn. So you've got to put this more on pace. Because I do think some of the offensive players that are here, if Matt Nagy didn't want them, they wouldn't be here. But especially with Quinn. Okay... You think you have a great defense. A year ago, there was turnover aggression as expected, and they were still a top 10 de- de- defense, right? Do you have to spend that much money? Do you have to allocate th- that much money to the defense when problems one, two, three, four, five, and six are all on the offensive side of the ball? Well, that's what they decided to do, and they did it with a guy who's having a career year at 30 years old. Going from team to team to team, I mean, what was it, five, six years before he had his last double-digit sack season? Right now it looks like a lot of bad money on Robert Quinn. And we don't talk about him because he doesn't touch the football and you don't see him making plays. At that level, it's all Mack and Roquan. It's all Mack and Roquan. Are we ever saying Robert Quinn's name? And as Lawrence Holmes pointed out to me earlier today, he's like, yeah, that one sack, that one sack on that game log, that was his first play in week two. He's done nothing. That could be a big miss, and it looks like it right now. You think he's going to get better, age 31, age 32, or he's going to suddenly turn it on right now? He's not motivated at all. Just cashing a paycheck, Robert Quinn. So don't tell me how Pace just has all these big hits, hits, hits on defense. That is not a hit. That is a big miss. Three, one, two, six, forty-four, sixty-seven, sixty-seven. So earlier I was talking about being embarrassed, and and maybe there's that watershed moment for the Bears organization, and we saw it on national TV last night. Well, there are a few nuggets I want to bring to you from the Athletic today. To back up my point, like maybe we're closer to change at the top of the organization than we all think. All of us pay close attention to the Bears. Maybe we're closer to that point of real change again. But it's needed change. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Also get into some NBA Bulls draft stuff. Bulls pick fourth tomorrow. I think maybe they're going to trade up. Maybe they're going to land a star player. I have no idea what Karnaschovas thinks of this roster. Get to that on the other side as well. Joe Ostrowski with you. 670, the score in the radio.com app. (sighs)
2: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.